Sweet. What's up, dudes? Grab a chair. Come on up. Don't sit too far in the back. There is no fun back there. All the fun is up here. Like, if I start sneezing randomly and snot flies, everyone in the front gets to enjoy it, too. No, I'm just kidding. If I sneeze, I'll face the stage. Don't worry. I got your back. Oh, man. Is it warm in here? Is it just the Holy Spirit? What is this? I'm feeling hot. Anyone else sweating? No? Okay, fair enough. All righty. So, we're almost there. Everyone got notes? Everyone got notes? If you don't have notes, I believe we have a couple more pieces back there on the black table, and there are pens in those little baskets. If not, I am terribly sorry, but everything will be provided for you. I need that entire back crew. Too cool. Let's get up a little bit more. I need you to come. I need you to Let's compromise. Let's go. Let's go five feet. Three more feet. Come on. These guys. Yeah, Josh. Is, yeah, we got the idea. Come on. Come on, tall Josh. There we go. We're coming up. All right. Fair enough. How's it going? How was your week? Was it decent? For those of you who don't know me, my name is Tyler Moore. Welcome to Cornerstone Middle School. We are doing something that we haven't done before. We, we are having a church-wide series. Your parents are going to be learning the same thing you're learning. You are going to be learning the same thing they're learning, but with a couple different differences. Logan, I'm going to need you facing me this way. Let's go, brother. Okay, so this is called 40 Days in the Word. And last week, we talked about the Bible. Who made it? Where did it come from? Did this thing just fall from heaven? Boom! Knowledge. Use it. Who wrote it? What happened? Why? So this week, we're going to dive into something a little bit different. And we're going to be talking about what is the point of the Bible? Have you guys ever asked yourselves that question? And so I'm going to ask you right now, what do you think the point of the Bible is? Can I get some hands? It could be like, Tyler, it's meant for recipes. I don't know. I don't care what you think. What do we think the Bible is for? Yes, Nicole, what do we got? Oh, okay. I like that. It's a plan. Yeah, what do we got right there? To guide us through life. I love that also. Yes. Basic instructions for living on earth. That is an awesome definition, yes. It's a blueprint for life. It's a blueprint for life? Wow. You guys should come up here and teach me, man. You guys have some great ideas, and you're not far off. So we're going to be talking about what is the point of the Bible. And believe it or not, every book has a point. What's the point of a history book? To teach you something that happened in the past so you don't make the same mistake. All right, there we go. I like that. What's the point of a science fiction book? What's the point of Lord of the Rings? What's the point of Harry Potter? What's the point of Hunger Games? To entertain you, right? What's the point of a math book? Well, the point of a math book is to bore you to death. They're just trying to get rid of you. Yes, right? <laughs> Boo! So that's the point of a math book, in my opinion. So we're going to be talking about the Bible. What is the point of the Bible? Thank you so very much for handing that to me, Brianna. I appreciate it. So... The Bible, we're going to open up with some scripture. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn. If you don't have your Bibles, the paper you guys are folding and doodling on also contains the same scripture. So let's dive in. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. That's this thing. And they have, been given, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting. I want you to circle trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong with our lives. We're getting to the main ideas here. Get ready to focus up. It corrects, underline corrects. It corrects us 
when we are wrong and teaches us, underline teaches, and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare. I want you to underline prepare. That's the last prepare, or last underline. And equipped his people to do every good work. All right, so we all got that. We underline corrects, teaches, and prepares. So this book has thousands of scriptures, thousands of verses, hundreds and dozens of chapters, dozens of Old Testament books, dozens of New Testament books. And we are going to sum up the Bible. We're going to sum it up in one sentence for you guys. Are you ready? One Bible in one sentence, thousands of years of compilation and God-inspired knowledge, one sentence. Let's do this. You're going to fill it in on your notes. In a sentence, the story of the Bible is God made everything perfectly, we messed it up, and Jesus fixed it. Okay, I already know you have questions. And if you have questions, I encourage you to come on Tuesday because on Tuesday, Amplify, we hear your questions and we respond. So God made everything perfect. But Tyler, the world is so imperfect. There's murder, there's disease, there's famine, there's war, there's genocide. And then here's something that I'm going to make very simple for you guys. God made everything perfect. God made you with perfect free will. You have the power to choose what you want to do. You can lie or you can tell the truth. You can steal or you can be honest. You could hurt someone or you could help heal someone. You have been given free will. So on the side of your notes, there's a little blank spot. I want you to write, I have been given free will. You have been given free will. So God made everything perfect. We messed it up and Jesus fixed it. So from here, where are we going to go? That is kind of the point of the Bible, you see. You've been given free will. And this is an instruction manual what to do with your free will. All right, Tyler, I can do whatever I want. Should I go punch a gorilla in the face? No, you should not. Gorillas can weigh 500 pounds and could break your spine with one little just done, celery, over, right? This is an instruction manual to do with your free will. What should I do? Check this. So the point of the Bible The Bible is an instruction manual for our free will. And the Bible points to Jesus Christ. So when you read all these Old Testament books, it points to Jesus Christ. When you read about Jesus' life, it points to the death and then the rise of Jesus Christ. That's called salvation because we get to partake in that too. So what happens is this is an instruction manual and it points to Jesus. And what happened is, is God not only gave us an instruction manual, but he gave us someone to tell us what it's about. Has anyone ever read through Leviticus? I'm in Nehemiah right now, but has anyone ever read through Leviticus? Have you read all 600 and like 16, 613 rules of the Old Testament? I haven't. So God was like, okay, let's make this easy. I'm going to send someone to explain the message. And that was Jesus Christ. Not only did he explain the message, but he lived out the message perfectly. And not only did he live out the message perfectly, but when you mess up and make a mistake, he died so you don't have to pay for that. And so the entire Bible points to Jesus, whether it's the Old Testament or New. And the Old Testament is filled with characters, right? You've heard of them, Noah, Moses, David, Solomon. Woo, yeah, Moses, cool dude. So they all point to Jesus Christ. If you read the stories... They're important too, right? When you watch The Lion King, Timon and Pumbaa, right? They're pretty important. When you watch Harry Potter, you got Hermione and you got Ron. They're pretty important too. When you watch other movies, there's always extra characters. 
And these are what the stories are. The stories are extra characters that help point to the main plot. You guys are those extra characters as well. Ooh, crazy. Yeah, I'm pointing at all of you guys. Whoa. Each and every one of you is an extra character in the story of life. So we can sum it up. God made everything perfectly. With our free will, we messed it up, and Jesus fixed it. So let's go ahead and continue. So the Bible is a story about redemption and being saved. Yes, if you follow this book and you still make some mistakes, it's okay. That's why Jesus Christ came and died for your sins. But not only is it just a story about being saved, but it is an instruction manual written by God for you. For you, 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 for you. Thousands of years, one book for you to help guide you with what to do in life. So some of you guys are going to start driving here soon, and that's a very terrifying thought because you guys, let's not go into that, but you guys will receive a driver's manual, and the cover page will look something like this, California Driver Handbook. When you want to learn how to drive, this is an instruction manual to teach it. Pedestrians are crossing the street. Should I speed up? No, you should not speed up. They can be severely hurt. Get off your cell phone, put it down. There you go. This is going to help you learn how to drive. Girls, I'm not sure why, but some girls are just not the best drivers in the world. So spend a lot of time in this book. Thank you. Spend a lot of time. Me and Colton have almost been killed by several women on the freeway. It's terrifying. I'm sorry. I love you very much, which is why I want you to be safe. Spend a lot of time. Spend a, spend a lot of time in this. We're going to talk about not wanting to read later because it's actually important, believe it or not. So I want to learn to drive. What do you do? You pick up a handbook because if you guys don't pass the test, how are you going to drive? You got to pass the test. You got to know the info. So We've been given the same thing. You want to learn how to live? You want to learn how to get through problems in your life? You want to learn how to get through divorce? You want to learn how to get through your parents separating? You want to learn to get through with the loss of a loved one? A mother, father, brother, sister? You want to learn how to deal with drama? Instruction manual. And it teaches you all sorts of stuff you didn't know. And the same is true with the Bible. In this book, you can actually learn the character of God. What? God isn't some random dude up in the sky pointing and laughing, right? That's a funny thought. He gave you this book so you could learn who he is. He gave you this book so you can see how much God loves mercy, so you could learn about God's character. He gave you this book. And so the same is true with the Bible. And as you read scripture, are you ready? Is everyone in your notes? As you read scripture, the Bible does some things for us. First of all, it teaches us. You should have this on your outline. The Bible teaches us. So go ahead and write that down. And I know it's not fun because not everyone is just like, I love being learned. If you found a problem with that sentence, you're paying attention in English, right? So I love learning. Not everyone does. I understand. But the Bible teaches us stuff. And believe it or not, it's stuff you need to know. Like, for instance, when you were born, your parents picked up a baby manual. It's the craziest thing in the world, right? You, just think about this, you're all old. You probably, boys, you have some gray in your beard like I do. Girls, you're all old, just being girls. And you're married, and then there's two of you, right? It's you and your husband, or it's your husband and, and you, the wife. And you walk into a hospital, and 24 hours later, there's a baby. Poof, it's like magic. I can't explain it. That's for your teachers. Boom, baby, <laughs> baby involved. 
what do I do with this thing? What do I do with this baby? There was two of us, but now there's three. Well, let's look at some examples. Lifting a baby. This is really important, believe it or not. This is actual. Yes, some parents need extra help. When you are lifting a baby, when you're lifting a baby, you should use two hands. They've got a really flimsy neck with no muscle, and they look like a bobblehead if you don't support their spinal structure. You shouldn't grab the baby by the dome and be like, yo, look, Brent, look what I can do. This thing spins like crazy. No, you're just, you're just walking around the street like Bigfoot, the baby in hand. He's like, Ugh. no, you shouldn't do that with a baby. Let's go on to our next example. Introducing your baby to your pets. <laughs> As you can see, there is a very safe way. You see the first picture? They did such a good job. The dad's holding the baby in case the dog freaks out. And the dog might freak out because he's like, why is there a tiny hairless person just all smelly? Well, it smells weird. So the dad's like, okay, if something goes wrong and he turns into Cujo, I can just like, guard the baby. Unsafe. Let him meet the fishes. <laughs> Pop him in the tank, right? No, don't put your baby in a fish tank. Babies don't have gills. They don't have gills. I know that they might look like some weird creature first, like some potato monster, but babies don't have gills. Don't drop them in the fish tank. Next slide. Checking the baby's diaper. <laughs> babies poop. I'm sorry, babies poop. It is the truth. Your house will probably smell like poop because babies don't care where they poop. They'll poop anywhere. They'll poop on themselves. They'll poop on the couch. They'll poop on the floor. They'll poop on the dog. <laughs> babies poop. So when you're like, hey, my house smells a little like extra poo, something might be fresh. And you walk over by the baby that's just sitting there with his flimsy head, hopefully not in the fish tank, and he smells poo even more, you're like, okay, let's check this out. <laughs> oh, I'm throwing imaginary poop in service. Don't tell anyone. So you don't just open up the diaper, go in just blind diving, just <laughs> that definitely smells like the carrots we fed them. Yes. No, no. You open up the di you open up the diaper, see that the brom the brown bomber has delivered and you change the diaper. It's very simple. Yet, believe it or not, parents spend millions and billions of dollars on a baby instruction manual. So I've got a question for you. If the Bible is an instruction manual for your life, why aren't we using this? This tells you how to get through drama. This tells you how to deal with your parents' divorce. This tells you how to deal with being hurt by a best friend. This tells you how to deal with the loss of a loved one. This tells you how to deal with the loss of financial support by your family. So we got our next slide. The Bible not only teaches us, but ready with your pens, the Bible corrects us. And I know this isn't a fun thought, 
Because when you guys, you're getting corrected 24-7. Your mom's like, clean your room. And you're like, fine, fair enough. So you take all your clothes, and I did this every single time so I can speak from truth. You take all your clothes, and you either throw them under your bed, and you just kick them down there. You just stuff them far. Or you take them in your closet, you throw them in your closet, and you pile, like, other stuff on it, like your sports bag. Or you pile something else on there, and you just kick it in the closet, slam the door, even though the door's about to bulge and explode. If your mom opens it, boom, death right? But your mom's like, hey, you didn't clean your room good enough. Oh, never. My mom used to say that word. Still get tingles, man. It's awful, right? And then your dad, your dad also corrects you all the time. Boys, when I was your age, I had to start mowing the lawn if they were going to fork over money for the movie. Girls are like, oh my gosh, that's a travesty. You had to do manual labor for money? Yes, it was awful. So I'm out there for an hour just mowing the lawn on some electric mower because my dad suddenly cares about the environment, which makes an electric mower even weak and worthless, and I can't do anything. So the lawn just seriously looks like a velociraptor came and or just tried to tear up the lawn. It's all awful. And your dad's like, hey, that doesn't look good enough. You have to do better. Or what about this example? I was awful in math. So whenever my teachers used to grade my math homework with a red pen, oh, they corrected it. As a matter of fact, my teachers used to do so many X's and O's, it looks like homegirl was seriously playing tic-tac-toe with my math homework. There's just red marks everywhere. And I'd get this paper back and just be like destroyed on the inside like, oh man, I'm never going to pass math. We don't like being corrected. But the Bible corrects us. Sometimes in subtle, loving ways. Sometimes in like, hey, you need to stop punching gorillas in the face. Like, very intense ways. And I kind of, I think about this in a way that you should try to incorporate. Reading the Bible is kind of like taking medicine. Because who goes home and is like, yes, I want to read a book. I want to read a book when there are millions of YouTube videos that are so awesome. I want to read a book when I could go play video games. For you guys that do love reading books, you're ahead of the game. But for all of us who are still like, ah, oh, reading is so hard, reading is kind of like taking medicine. At first, it's awful, and this kid's face just, boom, he's got it. Never, wait, didn't pull up? All right. Never, ever, ever buy bubblegum-flavored medicine. I love bubble gum when it's not medicine. I sometimes like medicine when it's not bubble gum. But you mix the two, and it is like vomit-flavored vomit being like, like spoon-fed down your throat. I know, the, the face just, na just nails it, right? So reading, as you can see, is kind of like medicine. At first, you don't want to take your medicine at first, you don't want to do it, but after the end result, oh, man, you feel better. After you take medicine, you feel like a million bucks. Before you take medicine, you're all sick, tired, depressed, lethargic. Man, after medicine, woo, I'm ready to go back out, skateboard, hit that half pipe, let's do this. It's kind of the same way. It's hard at first, but the results after are huge. They're tremendous. And so that kind of brings us to our next closing one. Some of you already wrote it down. I'm sorry. But it prepares us. The Bible prepares us. It teaches us what to do. It corrects us when we're doing something wrong. And most importantly, the Bible prepares us. So I know you guys are wondering, like, okay, how does this work? I know that it teaches us. If I just read this book, it'll teach you a bunch of cool stuff. 
If I'm reading this book and I'm doing something wrong, it will correct me. Hey, you shouldn't gossip. But oh my gosh, you won't even believe what Becky said. Becky just said I was just like this and that. And Karen, oh my gosh, Karen, Karen, you won't even believe what she did. Just no, you probably shouldn't be gossiping. Some of the girls are like, oh my gosh, how did he know, right? You probably shouldn't be gossiping. You probably shouldn't be hurting other people. Boys, you probably shouldn't be getting in a fist fight with other people. You shouldn't be saying bad things, right? I know. Be, okay, girls, you shouldn't be fist fighting others either. I'm pretty sure somewhere in this Bible it says, love your neighbor as yourself. That's very hard. So we don't like being corrected, right? But the Bible prepares us. What does it prepare us for? Anyone have an idea? What does the Bible prepare us for? What do we think? Life. The Bible prepares us for life. I can agree with that. But not only does it prepare for the future, some of you guys are like, dude, I'm 12. What do I need to know? It, pre it prepares us for the everyday things. How many of you guys have watched the news in the last 72 hours? So, yeah, the news is kind of boring. All right, so I've got some information for you guys. All right, shh. We're almost done, I promise. We're almost done. So here's the thing. This guy, his name is Christopher Dorner. Christopher Dorner. Dorner, whatever, Dorner, same thing. And he was kind of like us when he was our age. He went to a Bible school for a little, but he just found so many problems with Christians, and he didn't, probably didn't like reading the Bible too often, because not all of us do, man. But he had other books too right? Every book has a plot. He had math books. He had history books. He had science books. When he went to college, he probably maybe had some philosophy books. You know, when he joined the military, they gave him an instruction manual, right? We get handed so many different instruction manuals throughout all of our lives. And when he became a police officer, he probably got a really thick instruction manual. And so the thing is, I'm almost willing to bet he had this on a shelf somewhere, or maybe his family did, or he probably could have purchased the Holy Bible somewhere. This instruction manual was right there, but instead of looking to this, he looked elsewhere. But he didn't find the answers he was looking for. He looked elsewhere when the storms of this life literally engulfed him, and he felt hopeless. He looked elsewhere while this thing was sitting on a shelf collecting dust. And I'm almost willing to bet when people like this madman turn to violence, or when other people turn to robbing banks, or when other people turn to stealing cars, I'm willing to bet that this book is just sitting on some shelf collecting dust. I'm willing to bet they turn to many different instruction manuals, except the most important one. So I've got a question for you guys, and it's kind of our closing thought, but you have all the access to the secrets of how to live a life full of love, how to live a life full of joy, how to live a life full of peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You have an instruction manual. Are you using it? All of us are Christians, right? And if you're not a Christian yet, or if you're thinking about Christ, why don't you open it up and see? See what Christ has to say. How many of us that are Christians have actually read about Jesus' death on the cross? You don't have to raise your hands. It's good if you did. But how many of us have actually read about Jesus' life, the thing we believe in? You come here on Sundays and I tell you about it. But how many of us have actually looked at the real scriptures in itself? So with our closing thought, 
You have it on your notes. The Bible is only useful if it gets used. And I know some of you guys in your thoughts right now, you're thinking of your family Bible collecting dust on a shelf. Because when I was your age, I knew exactly where the Bible was, but I never opened it. And I know it's not fun at first. I know. I'm right there with you. Sometimes I have to force myself to read this. But remember, it's just like medicine. Five minutes. Five minutes a day. Two minutes a day. Three minutes a day. Maybe five minutes a day if you have the time. Just open it up. And I encourage you to start in the New Testament, the Gospels of Jesus. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. So the Bible is only useful if it's getting used. And I want to remind you, you can turn to other books. You can turn to fiction books to entertain you. You can turn to history books to learn from the past. You can turn to counseling books to try to get a quick fix to life's problems. But this is the one book that truly was meant to instruct us in this life. So let's bow our heads and pray. Thank you very much. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, thank you so much that you gave us this instruction manual. God, I don't even know how it worked, but thousands of years, you knew this book was going to be made for us, that you loved each and every single one of us. You didn't want to just send us here on earth. Good luck. Nice try. Maybe you'll do better next time because you know there is no next time. And you loved us so much that when we're here and at times you feel so far away that when divorce happens, that when financial problems and bankruptcy occur, that when your best friend stabs you in the back and you feel like nothing but pain every single day, when a family member has turned their back on you, or when you are just plain angry and hurting. God made this instruction book for you, God, that blows my mind that you loved us so much that when you feel far away and we know nothing but anger, sadness, or depression, that you gave us an instruction manual where we can find love. You gave us an instruction manual where we could find peace and joy. When it seems like there is no joy elsewhere, you promise us if we could just open up this book just maybe once, once a day for two minutes, maybe three minutes, maybe four or five. And if we read about Jesus Christ, if we read about our Lord and Savior, the whole purpose of the book that was written was to show us Jesus Christ, a man who taught us what it means, a man who lived out every example, and a man who died our sin's death. He died so that when we don't follow this book, it's okay. God loves us. All we need to do is believe in him. So God, I want to end our prayer in thanks. I want to thank you so much. You have sent us this instruction manual. And please, Holy Spirit, I hope that you will convict our hearts that we will just pick this Bible up a little more often, that we will pick this Bible up when we're feeling sad instead of going on the computer, that we will pick this Bible up when we're feeling angry instead of spreading rumors and hurting other people, that we will pick this Bible up when our parents have hurt us by neglect or divorce through their own problems. I pray we will pick this Bible up instead 
of some other substance. I pray, Christ, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will help us just pick this Bible up. And even though it's like medicine, you will help us do this, Lord. God, for all of us Christians in here, I encourage us to read about Jesus Christ's death. And for all of you guys, all of my friends in here that are not sure about Christ, well, he seems pretty cool. I encourage you to read about his life and make your own decision instead of letting someone else make a decision for you. Read about his life. God, thank you so much for all that you have blessed us with. Please give us strength in the future. In your name we pray, amen.